Pastor Tim and I are preaching on the same scripture this weekend, and it is uh, one of my favorite, actually. It's in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, and it is how Simon Peter steps out of a boat, which would have gone against all common sense, right, onto stormy waves toward Jesus. So hear these beautiful words. Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came, and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. I don't know about you, but I would too. Just then, Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be God's son. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Pastor Terry. Well, good morning, church. Uh, good morning. My name is Tim Power. I am the pastor of Modern Worship and Discipleship here, and I want to welcome you and thank you for being here. Quick question before we get into the meat of the sermon, I have a question for you. Has anyone here ever woken up and said, today is the day that I'm going to change blank? Today is the day that I am going to change my underwear. One or two of you? Today is the day I'm going to change something in my life. Today is the day I am going to change my career. Today is the day I am going to change my eating habits. Today is the day that the temple of the Lord gets a makeover. You ever heard that, the temple of the Lord? That your body is the temple of the Lord? And some of us, we've got mega churches, others little tinier places. So... Today is the day I'm going to change this. And who here has ever failed? Within the hour. Yes, a lot of us, right? And, and sometimes this thing, this, this fear of failure can be so overwhelming that we start to lower everything. We start to lower all of our expectations. Maybe it's not today I'm, not going, I'm going to change my career. Maybe today I'm going to wear a shirt with no ketchup stains on it or fewer ketchup stains on it. Maybe we start to lower our expectations because we're so afraid that if we step out into something bigger, we're going to fail, right? 
is a fear that a lot of us have. Well, we've been talking about fears for the last couple of weeks. We're in a sermon series right now, and it is called Be Brave. Be Brave. Now, if you look through Scripture, what you'll see is that actually all through Scripture, there is this phrase that keeps coming up, and sometimes in a little bit variant forms, but basically here's the idea is fear not, or do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It comes back over and over again. And so what we've been trying to do is to take a look at how we are to be brave in the way the Bible calls us to be brave. As, follower of G- as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be brave. Um, the, the scripture tells us that we're, we're no longer slaves to fear anymore, but that our lives should actually be illuminated and lived lived out of, of our understanding of God's love for us. In fact, we're so transformed that we're not motivated by fear. We're motivated instead by love. But I understand. I understand how a lot of us still have these motivations lurking in the background that, that speak sometimes even louder than our faith sometimes. So that's what we've been doing. And one of the things that we, we talked about was the way that, that Jesus redefines terms. We'll do a little bit more of that today. Redefines things that we think we know. So we think we know what bravery is. We think we know what it means to fear not. And yet some of the things we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks have been surprising, I think, to some people. The first week we talked about how it is brave to ask for help. It is brave to ask for help. In fact, you're not going to get into the kingdom unless you ask for help. It's so important that we can make ourselves vulnerable, that we, are, we allow ourselves to be in that place of vulnerability of saying to God, God, I am a sinner. I am in need of help. I am in need of a Savior. We also talked uh, the, the, the second week, week two, about how obedience is brave. And we talked about this last week, that, that you should never underestimate what God can do and set into motion through one simple act of obedience. And, and we, we talked about this guy, Simon, last week. And w- what we talked about was the fact that this guy, Simon, uh, we talked about when Jesus first met him, and totally transformed his world. Later, this guy would have his name changed. And, and I shared this last week, and, and I think I, I just marvel at it any time that I see, because you see in the Bible several cases of where God encounters somebody and they change their name. Their name is changed because something about the transformational nature of God's life coming in contact with your life changes you so much that you have to have a different name. And what would that be like for us if, if your life was so radically transformed by knowing Jesus, by following Jesus, that you needed a new name because people can't even recognize you from who you were to who you are? It's a pretty incredible idea. And that's the case with this guy, Simon. And he's going to be called Peter later on. So um, one thing I want to say, though, before we get started, there's a distinction and I, I, I was um, uh, in our 8.30 service and listening to Pastor Terry's uh, sermon, which was awesome. And uh, one of the things that she was bringing a distinction between is fear, as it's talked about in the Bible, and what we call fear as just our basic instinctual nature of self-preservation. Those are separate things. Those are separate things. So, so there is, we have a, uh, an instinctual nature of self-preservation that if you're walking in the woods and you see a grizzly bear, should you be afraid? 
Or should you be like, no, I'm a Christian. I bind that bear in the name of Jesus. Do you think it's going to work very well for you? Now, we have instinctual fear, which God puts in us, and that's healthy fear. You don't want to get up in that bear's face and start quoting Bible passages to him. This is totally an aside. It has nothing to do with the sermon. But I was asking my son, my 12-year-old son yesterday, uh, just because I thought it's a great question. I said, what would be the worst animal to be mauled by? And he surprised me. He thought for a second. I was thinking bear, of course. And he said, a worm. Because it would take forever. I've never been prouder of him in my life. That's a great answer. And by the way, I, like all, all the, the women in the room who, who sometimes you look at your husband or girls who look at the, the guy they like and they think, what's going on in his head? Stuff like that. That's the stuff you don't want to know. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, so what we're going to be talking about today is this idea that failure... What we think of as failure, that failure is brave. I have kind of a sick fascination with failure, a sick fascination with failure. If you want me to watch a movie or a documentary or read an article, I love articles that that start with this title, The Rise and Fall of Something. I love that. In fact, I will watch anything like I'm, I'm not a big sports guy at all, but I have found myself watching so many documentaries about the rise and fall of different sports figures. I have never in my life finished and sat and watched a complete NFL game, but I have seen three full-length documentaries about the rise and fall of Johnny Manziel because something fascinates me about failure. Okay? There's something fascinating. I love seeing what are the biggest movie flops of all time. Anybody else got that weird fascination? Just me. Okay, I'm a total freak. Okay. So I, I, I think one of the things, to be totally honest, is that I can relate to failure. I can relate to failure. And that is one of the things that I like about this character that we find in the life of Jesus one of these followers who is named Simon, whose name will be changed to Peter, Simon, in so many respects, over and over again, is a failure. But the failure is a stepping stone to something greater. The failure is a stepping stone to something greater. There's an awesome quote by uh, Brene Brown. I talked to her about her in the first week because we were talking about asking for help. Uh, she's she's a, uh, um, a clinical psychologist, and she has done a lot of uh, work specifically on the idea of vulnerability. Vulnerability and how actually vulnerability is something we need for personal strength, for spiritual strength. And this is a quote from Brene Brown. She says this, failure can, be, can become one of our most powerful, uh, can become our most powerful path to learning if we're willing to choose courage over comfort. Love the end there. If we're willing to choose courage over comfort. Did you know that bravery is actually a choice? I was talking earlier about this idea. There's a difference between this fear that we feel when we see a bear attacking us in the woods versus the fear that we get 
when something is overwhelming us and we're, we're just going over it again and again in our mind. In fact, let me give you a quick definition. This is just a, a, a small definition that I think is the fear that we're talking about. When the Bible says to fear not, the kind of fear that we can choose to not follow after. Think of fear this way, that it's a powerful fixation that overtakes and overwhelms the senses. It's a powerful fixation that overtakes and overwhelms your senses. And you actually have a choice of whether you're going to look at that thing or look at something greater. To fix your eyes on that thing, that fear, or fix your eyes on something greater. So I want to talk for a second about this guy, Simon. We're going to follow his story a little bit more. Uh, uh, Simon... He was one of the fishermen that Jesus encountered last week, and he called them to follow after him. Do you remember that story? He calls the fishermen, and one of the things he, makes, he has them do is go out in their boats. They spent all night trying to catch fish, and Jesus says, go out again and lower your nets. They do, and they catch more fish than they've ever seen in their entire lives. Okay. In fact, it takes a whole other boat to come out and help them take up all the fish. And then he, he calls them and says, listen, this is nothing. This is nothing. This is miraculous, but it's nothing compared to what's coming if you'll follow after me. That he, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. So uh, I want you to, when we're picking up where Pastor Terry read today, that story comes after that. So he's been called. They are following after Jesus. And, and it's a really interesting story. Jesus actually tells them to go out ahead, and they, they encounter uh, this, this, this crazy storm, and then... Who do they see walking on the water? Jesus. They see Jesus walking on the water. Now, pretty freaky stuff, right? Don't you think that would be a pretty surprising thing? I I hate it when we get so familiar with these scriptures that they seek to shock us because, wow, what a shocking thing to see. What a shocking thing to see. And then what would you think would be your first reaction? Would it be, I'm going to hop out there and join him? I'm going to hop out there and join him. See, uh, when we talk about this guy, Simon, his, his initial fear wasn't of failure. But, but one of the thing that, things that I find really interesting, and I'm going to read this from the passage. He said, if it is you, Lord, order me to come out onto the water. And Jesus said, come. So actually, he, he, was, he was pretty brave. He was choosing courage. But he starts to walk out there on the water. He starts to walk out there on the water, and then what does it say? It says, Peter saw the strong wind. He saw the strong wind, and he became frightened. I think one of the really, really interesting things about that is it's about his vision. It's about the fixation of Peter's vision. When Peter's vision was totally focused on Christ, and when Christ called him out onto the water, he had courage. He had faith that he could walk on the water, and he did. He was walking on the water, but why did he sink? It's because his vision looked away. He saw something else. He saw something else, and he had a powerful fixation, a powerful fixation that overtook and overwhelmed his senses, a powerful fixation overtook and overwhelmed his senses. Does that ever happen to you? Has that ever happened to you, that, that you just had this fixation on something? Especially when you had something you knew you were supposed to do. 
that you felt called to something. Maybe you felt called to start a business. Maybe you felt called to start something in our church. Maybe you felt called to do some new undertaking in your life, but then your eyes got caught on this fixation that overtook and overwhelmed your senses, this fear of failure. And suddenly, either that whole idea fell down or you just decided to get back in the boat. Well, what can we do? What can we do if the fear of failure becomes this overwhelming, overriding fixation? Bible says this, you know, I, I, we've been talking about fear a lot, and, and actually fear, as we've defined it, it, it can be a very destructive thing, but the Bible doesn't say that every kind of fear is a bad kind of fear. In fact, in the Old Testament, in Proverbs 9, 10, it says this, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now go back to my definition that I started with because I think when we talk about the fear of the Lord, you're like, wait a second, I thought, I thought God loves us. I thought that Jesus came to die for us so we could have eternal life. Why should we be afraid of God? Now think of the, what I talked about earlier. This was my definition, a powerful fixation that overtakes and overwhelms your senses. What if the fear of God was a powerful fixation that we have on God, a powerful fixation that overtakes and overwhelms our senses? Doesn't that sound a lot like worship? Suddenly, doesn't the fear of the Lord actually sound a lot like what we do when we stand here and we sing songs to our God and we praise our God? What if the fear of the Lord, our fixation on God, was so overwhelming so overtook all of our senses that that fear of failure was like nothing. It was like nothing. Do you think you'd climb out of the boat much easier? Do you think you'd climb out of your boat so much easier? So, so I redefined a word there. I redefined the word fear to mean something a little bit different than maybe we thought you know, throughout, throughout the scriptures, I, I think that Jesus redefines failure too. I think if we look at the person of Jesus Christ, especially for what people thought he was at the time. Did you know, even a lot of Jesus' own disciples, even the people that were following for a long time thought he was going to be a political leader. That's what they wanted him to be. They thought he was going to overthrow the Roman government. Failure. Huge failure at that. In fact, even we're told in the scripture that, 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 the, that the devil had plans to stop Jesus. You know what he said? Maybe if I could get Jesus to die. Maybe if Jesus were to die, then his mission on earth was a failure. Because don't we think any movie where the good guy dies, isn't he a failure? But isn't it so different in our scripture? Jesus redefined failure, didn't he? Because for him, success looked like a death on the cross so that we could have eternal life, so we could have life and life more abundant. It totally re redefines our understanding of failure. It should also redefine our idea of success. 
You know, when Jesus' disciples uh, were surrounding him, they, they would get into fights. Like, like children, they got into fights. They would get into fights about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And you know what Jesus would tell them? He would say, the last will be first and the first will be last. I remember uh, one of the, uh, about two years ago, my, my kiddos were, were, uh, were uh, decorating our Christmas tree. And they were, they were trying to get, see who could get the, the ornament the highest on the Christmas tree. I want to get the ornament on the highest. I want this one. I want this one. And then um, uh, the oldest one was like, I got mine highest. And then, the, and then I said, yeah, but, you know, Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first. So maybe the one on the lowest is actually the best. And then they started wrestling on the ground to see who could get the lowest. Kind of missing the point, Right? See, Jesus redefines failure in our lives, and he redefines what success should look like. I'm going to read this quote by Francis Chan, kind of, kind of in closing. I'm going to invite our band back up, because we're going to do something as we're singing our last song. So the band can make their way back up to the stage now. But um, listen to this. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at life in things that don't really matter. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. I want you to think hard about that. What is a life that really matters? Is it the biggest house? Is it the biggest car? Is it the biggest office with the best view? Or is it a life that reveals Jesus? Or is it working a job in a way that shows people Jesus? Is it raising your kids in a way that reveals Jesus? It's a life of worship. It's a life that really counts because when people look at your life, what they're going to see is a risen Savior who changed you from here to there. A risen Savior who totally reoriented your life, almost so much that they needed to change your name. What would that be like if we're a church, that when they see us, when they see Salem, they're not thinking, that's an awesome church. They're thinking, wow, what an amazing God. When they see what we do, they're not like, wow, they are generous people. They're like, wow, they serve an amazing God. They've been saved by a Christ that I want to know. They've experienced a love that I need on the inside of me. What if my life said that? What if your life said that? I do believe that God is calling you to something today to step out of the boat. There's probably something that's been in your mind for a little while to start. There's been something that, that's been held back a little bit by a fixation of fear. Today could be a day where you turn your eyes to the Savior, where you turn your eyes and let the fear of the Lord take over, that fear of failure. You let that fixation that overwhelms and overcomes you be a fixation on a God who loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son so that if we would believe in him, we could have life eternal and that we could be transformed by that love so much that we would change the world. Could we live lives that really matter? 
So I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I'd like for us to have a couple minutes where we can reflect a little bit. And specifically, I think that God is calling some people, and maybe you say, that's not me. God isn't calling me towards anything. God isn't calling me out of the boat to walk towards him in some way. But I think there's someone in here who's been avoiding a move, who's been avoiding some step in their life towards a new destiny. And I think that today's a day where God's saying, fix your eyes away from the fear of failure to the fear of the Lord, which is a fixation on your Savior, which is an overwhelming fixation on your Savior that can lead you into the place where God is calling you. So we're going to take a couple seconds here before the band begins our closing song. And I want you to just ask God, what are you calling me into? How are you calling me out of the boat? What are the steps that I need to take today? What are the steps you're calling me into today? We're just going to have a little bit of silence. And then I'm just going to ask, not even ask you to sing the next song. What I'm going to ask you to do is just let it wash over you and let God speak through it to your heart. We pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and just speak the things you need to every person here.